Imagine a place of your own in your name, a place where all your stuff is, where there's a dinner table and a family around it. Virginia Housing makes it possible for thousands across the Commonwealth with our special homeownership programs, including loans, grants, and free classes. Because when we help people buy homes, their communities thrive. Click to learn more about Virginia Housing and see how home helps everyone. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hi, this is Toby from The Edit. Thank you so much for tuning in to this very special episode, episode 300 of the Filmmakers Podcast. We've had so many amazing guests and I just wanted to let you know that Charles and I thought of bringing some bits and pieces of our guests back into this episode as little snippets. So do watch out for them and you might discover some brilliant guests you haven't listened to yet. We start off with actor Stephen Fry from episode 277. Enjoy! Actors, of course, live rawer lives emotionally than others in as much as they're often asked to play roles that might well be picking at their own scabs, as it were. And sometimes you can't but believe that the particular skill or gift that makes someone a fine film actor in all ranges is almost a dangerous gift. So often they have to go to places and inspect parts of their personality. I mean, there are people who, you know, they've got a scene where they have to weep so uncontrollably. It's very important to to, to remember that, you know, the intensity of, of the workspace that is the film unit is something that needs to be considered. And welcome, welcome to episode welcome. 300! Cue the Spartans! This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, film to studio films and everything in between. That's it, yes. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to royally F it up. Very, very humble. When did Giles stop being humble, by the way? I think it was episode like 100. Episode 2 or something. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our 300 episode. Wow, 300 episodes. And what a lineup we have for you normally. We have amazing guests. Well, this week normally, hang on, not today. There's no guests. Nobody came. We mixed it up just to surprise you. Um, we have on right. You're gonna love this. Well, I don't know if you will actually. We have our hosts for you. Our fantastic hosts have joined us for this 300th episode. I'll introduce them for you. Shall I? Should we go? Should we go? Shall I do that? Yeah. Yeah. I can, that's not a not. Yeah. So we have. 
Dom Lemoir, producer and director. Um, he made three feature films before he was 30, including Winter Ridge, which had its own UK theatrical release. And since he's produced three feature films, including I Love My Mom, soundtrack to 16, and When the Screaming Starts, which has just been released. Dom Lemoir, also, we've got Tobias Wies. Uh, Wies. He's a director and screenwriter <laughs> who made the award-winning... It wasn't award-winning. He made the short film In the Dark. <laughs> Theoretically award-winning. Potentially award-winning. Potentially award-winning, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, and he's the editor and producer of the filmmaker's podcast, Tobias Wies. Yay! Yay! Also, Thank we you. have on Tori Butler-Hart. She was knee-heart uh, in the past. She's an actress, producer and writer, having made the feature films Missing the Teens, Two Down the Aisle, and the fantastic Infinitum Subject Unknown, starring Ian McKellen and Tori herself, directed by Matthew Butler-Hart. Uh, along with uh, Matthew Butler-Hart, I've literally written the book on filmmaking, Full to the Brim with Fizz, Ginger and Fizz Determination. It is, of course, Tori Butler-Hart. <laughs> Also joining us is Phil Hawkins, who's a writer, producer and director uh, of The Butterfly Tattoo, Being Sold, which is the feature film he shot in two days. The last showing starring Emily Barrington, Four Warriors, and his brilliant fan film, Star Wars Origins, which has just gone over two million views on YouTube. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. it's yeah, epic. yeah. It's being critically acclaimed as an epic masterpiece, everyone. And his latest feature film is the Universal and Sky movies, A Prancer Tale, which is in post now and I imagine it's coming out at Christmas. It's Phil Hawkins, everyone! Thank you. Also Hi. joining us, um, anything to add? Take off? No, it's great. Great. Is it coming out at Christmas? I mean, take it all off. Any, any mind, awards? Any awards? Loads of them. Yeah, add awards that don't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, it comes out this Christmas. It there does. It'll be cool. Yes. Very exciting. Is that an exclusive? Uh, yeah, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is actually I mean I just presume everyone thinks it's going to come out at Christmas well, but yes it is coming out this Christmas well it'll either be this yes. Christmas or next it's early be December Christmas. breaking yeah. news it's coming out early December yes you heard it here first you heard it here first early yes. December coming out going to be great amazing hey, hey also joining us is Christian James the director of many TV adverts but also the award winning short films which Toby didn't get for Goblin and Night Speed <laughs> plus he's the director of the feature films Freak Out Stalled and Fanged Up Christian James everybody amazing that's a whoop 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 I went low register is it from Tobias that's finally everywhere no need for that. <laughs> uh, and also joining us is Matthew Butler Hart. Nee Butler. Uh, he's a writer and director, and he used to be an actor back in his days. But now he's a feature film director, and he has made the fantastic feature films. Missing the Teens, Two Down, The Isle, and Infinitum, Subject Unknown. All of them with his wonderful partner, Tori. But that one starred Ian McKellen as well, well as Tori. It is Matthew Butterheart. Someone snuck into the studio. I don't like it. And finally, it is myself, Giles Alderson. The Dare is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody drink. <laughs> 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 
Yes, I've been lucky enough. Charles's favourite bit of the podcast. This is the bit everyone skips through. Yeah, Charles is talking about Yeah, but just throwing them in because The Stranger in Our Beds out now, as is Wolves of War, which I directed. But the big news we've got is Three Day Millionaire is going to be released in cinemas on November the 25th. Super exciting. I'm Charles Alderson, everybody. So Stranger in Our Beds is up against Prancer, yeah? So like like uh, no, yeah, well, it'll be three-day millionaire. Three-day millionaire. Probably a different, okay. three day probably different audience. Sorry, it's certainly for Charles. It's so many films. But yeah, so the, you guys are going at it. You're being like... Yeah, we're going at it. We're going yeah, at it yeah, every yeah. night. I feel like I'm the alternative content or maybe Charles is the alternative content. <laughs> 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 Studio versus Indie. Who will win? Studio versus Indie. North versus Vermont. Yes. Deer versus Grimsby. Yeah. <laughs> no one holds Grimsby, dear. Disclaimer: I haven't been to Grimsby. I haven't been there. <laughs> just to, just to uh, yeah. steal Dom's pun. Yeah. The question is: Which film was dearer to make? Ooh. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with Phil. I can't say. Can't Surely say. You, you need to be allowed to say because your films haven't come out. So yeah. 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 I only did it for the pun, not not for I, the I question. Feel like, I feel like A, it's it's winter. B, there's probably going to be a lot of CGI. C, Phil does like his sort of very expensive camera style. <laughs> Technocrane, probably. Technocrane what, what stuff. What are you saying? Of course. I'm, I'm saying Phil's, <laughs> Phil's very high maintenance commercially, I would say. I, I've been very lucky enough to see 3 Day Millionaire. I think it's great. So, I don't know. It looks expensive. I don't know how much it costs. Yeah, I'm yeah. very lucky to see a fancy tail as well, and I think it is a fabulous one. Aww, and I'm sure on you. screen they look just as good as each other. <laughs> <laughs> also, nice big shout out to our hosts who could not be with us today. The always fantastic Ian Sharp, Robbie McCain, Dan Richardson, and Andrew Roger and Lucinda Rhodes-Takra. The last two are both on set right now and really tried to get here, but they could not. I imagine they will be joining us for another host special should we do another one very soon. Right. Thank you, you guys, for joining us. This is really cool. It's our 300th episode. Can you believe it? Wow, 300 episodes. Um, before we get to what we feel about that, because no one else gives a fuck, but it's interesting for us to chat that through, is we've got some amazing guests coming up for you. We're starting 301 and onwards with a huge bang. We have some amazing guests. Uh, so we thought we'd shout some of those out now so you know what's coming up. We have Sally... El Hosseini, uh, she's the director of My Brother the Devil, which was one of my inspirations uh, when I started directing. And she has, she's about to release The Swimmers, which Dom saw recently and is going to be incredible. Uh, we've also got Stephen Moyer, uh, who's the director of A Bit of Light, but you might know him as the actor from True Blood. He was also in Confession, uh, which Lucinda directed and Andrew Rogers shot. And then Dom, who else do we have? We have Christy wilson Cairns and Tobias Lindholm from Ooh. The Good Nurse, which is pretty exciting. Very. Um, that's probably... We've got Neem, Neve Argar, mm-hmm. um, Emma Donahue, and Sebastian Lelio, actress, writer, and director of The Wonder, 
Yep. And then we've got um, Jennifer Lawrence's latest film, The Causeway. We've got the directors of that film. And we've got a three-day millionaire special. Drink, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> because that the movie is, if I haven't already said, is coming out on the 25th of November in cinemas. If you like me in any way, you hate me, go to the cinema and support indie film and support any of our guests' films. This is what we do this for. That's the only reason we do this, to let you know about our films. <laughs> um, Why no, not? It is not. The Royal We there. Yeah, the Royal <laughs> <laughs> The thing, too, that I think is important to remember anyone coming up and feeling like whatever, like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. This is the other thing that I picked up in my first career in sound is like nobody knows. The thing that separates you and being like puts you in the big chair is like you the problems are coming. Like it's just how you deal with them and just surviving. The thing that I learned if someone's like, hey, where's blah, blah, blah. And you know, like, oh, my God, I've made a horrible fucking mistake. Like, this is mm -hmm. really, really bad. If you just go, oh, yeah, yeah, just give me five minutes. I'll, I'll get that. Like, just make it fucking so nonchalant. And you walk out the room and then you have an anxiety attack in the privacy of your own room. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Like, yeah. just fucking fake it till you make it. Ask questions. Don't pretend like you know everything and just re recognize that every nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. It's just like being an adult. Like we grew up, we're like, oh, our parents had no fucking idea. Not really. Same thing. Just but uh, filmmaking, you know. This was writer-director Lauren Hedaway from episode 260. So what have we learned in 300 eps? Have we, is there anything that springs to mind for our listeners that we've learned over 300 episodes? Anyone want to lead us off? Matthew. So, uh, yeah, go on. Go on, that's me. Yeah, well, go on, me. Um, uh, yeah, so so come on, man, I can do this. Come on, cool. go on, Matthew. You can do Not this. recording this, no? Okay. Um, no, it was something that Stephen... Phil's already gone. I know he's... Lost Phil's out. actually... Phil's has actually left. Okay, fine. Um, no, it's something that Stephen Fry said. He's, he's, he was just saying that... Um, you know, we can make, and I love, you know, I love pretty looking films and everything, but we can make things as pretty and amazing as, as we like, amazing landscapes and things. But, um, like, the, the dynamic tension of a scene, in his words, is, it's at the end of the day, it's just, it's in the actor's eyes. Like, we do all this lovely stuff, but it's, it's just between the two actors, it's their faces and it's in their eyes. So it's like, that's a, that's a really nice thing for me to, like, remind myself when I'm making things as well. Mm. That, that that is that's 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 the thing that's the magic that's, that's the magic it was lovely when he said that it was such a beautiful episode that one the Stephen mm. Fry episode if you've not listened honestly it's well worth your time CJ anything uh, I've just learned that um, <laughs> in the last 10 seconds <laughs> that why am I bothering with wide shots and dolly I just do this yeah I have do that <laughs> Um, uh, thanks, Stephen Fry. No, yeah. uh, well, you, I you don't want to um, watch a prancer tail, then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was hoping for a little shortcut there, Matthew. That I could just, you know, yeah. no, no, no. You, I know, and I love my epic stuff, and I love, like, I love that episode uh, recently. With is it um, Joanna Co Coelho? Joanna Coelho, yeah, this DOP. Uh, or, yeah, and like talking about mm. talking about all the cameras and lenses and grain and filters. Like, oh, that's lovely. And I love that, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, just through, just for a reminder for me that it's it's about. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it it's is. It's true. Yeah. Like the end of um, isn't it? What's the Planet of the Apes movie where they didn't have the um, they didn't have the footage? They just cut to close-ups of eyes because oh. they, they they had uh, one of the apes giving a you know rousing speech at the end. I think it was like. Beneath the Planet of the Apes, they recut the ending and just said, ah, I just cut to his eyes. So they just zoomed oh, wow. into the 35 oh, wow. mil. And oh, the wow. big ending is just this. Wow. Because they, <laughs> they didn't have the footage? They did, yeah, they didn't shoot it. So they just changed oh. the ending. Went, ah, I'm not going to reshoot it. We'll just uh, cut to the eyes. So, yeah. 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 
Why but not? I haven't, you know, it's, you know, there you go. Top tip. Um, yeah. What did I learn? I learned, I remember Michael, Michael Roll. Mm, the Prince's Switch director. The Prince's Switch director. That's correct. Uh, I think beforehand you probably sent me the link and I hadn't seen any of the Princess Switch movies. I'm sorry to say. And I was uh, a little bit cynical about it and was like, oh, do I, you know, is this what I want to... But the guy, he was really fascinating. And to see like the amount of passion he brought to a, what could be uh, like a, uh, a sort of very um, pedestrian project. But yeah, just the, and the, just the sort of, I think through all the podcasts we've done, some of the more interesting ones for me have been where you chat to sort of like, I hate the journey, not journeyman, but journey person, uh, film directors. So you get to speak to people that have made a living doing it and they, um, they, you know, I think it's, it's not, we, we sort of probably all grow up listening, reading interviews with big directors, but then very quickly, it might not always be that. It's not, that's a very small number of people, mm-hmm. but there are, millions making a brilliant career out of you know people like michael roll yeah i think that's that was a really good lesson wasn't it and ge- just generating the fact that not everyone's christopher nolan you know what i mean we yes, all might want it, yes, to yeah. be but the fact is there is so much work for us as filmmakers and we can carve out a great career by being filmmakers you don't have necessarily have to be a name yeah he's still re- approaching it with like utter you know respect and enthusiasm mm. and it wasn't like this it wasn't like this is beneath me he was very mm positive and excited and dynamic about it so mm-hmm. it, it, it sort of reminded me because sometimes you get a job come in and you're like Ugh. but then i'm like yeah a bit of a mental slap and i try to now mm-hmm. apply that to everything i do not always successful but i try yeah i like that i like that phil uh yeah i mean i think sort of overall it's been a really in I mean, what have you learned from three episodes in terms of specifics i think what's been nice is kind of uh how sort of humbling it's been to listen to different exper- different filmmakers at different experience levels kind of all share a lot of common ground mm-hmm. you know so yeah. like it's kind of really interesting that we all go through the same struggles we all kind of feel the same way we sort of all feel like outsiders which is hilarious because if we're all outsiders where's the inside mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> bfi and uh, <laughs> 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 uh <laughs> don't um and we're all going through the same sort of challenges and we're all aspiring to do things and you know and sort of picking up from what cj was saying like you know you not everyone can be the steven spielberg or the christopher nolan and make that one movie that absolutely blows up mm. but think of how much stuff is shooting think of how much stuff is on streaming platforms they've all got directors they've all got writers mm. they've all got producers all that, you know so it's like there's a it, it's a it's it's a kind of awareness that you know there's a whole collective of people that are trying to do this and as someone you know growing up into this that didn't have any contacts or industry and pre-podcast pre-youtube mm-hmm. <laughs> just to date myself um you know uh it's um it's really nice to be able to sit and listen to that and go yeah mm. I, I felt that mm. you know i felt yeah, that yesterday yeah. <laughs> you know yeah so i i feel like you know this kind of something kind of therapeutic it's like these are like experience but also is like a bit of therapy because the guests that you know you slash we in the 1.3 percent of podcasts i've been on uh that um that you know everyone seems to come on with sort of genuine like honesty and it's like you don't you have more than your sort of 10 minute slot that you might get on like other i sound like i'm just being an advert for a podcast but you know, it's like people want to get into conversation right and once mm. you get past the surface 
you know, of like plug the film, one's it out, one's it on, mm. then people really open up and it's really interesting to uh, to hear that from all different levels of people. And um, yeah, so I think just as a general point, that's what I've kind of learnt or uh, yeah. felt from listening to it uh, kind of overall, really. Totally agree. I think it's so nice that we're on the same we're in the same place as everyone else. We're, we're, no one's really any different. Someone might have a, a better luck or their film did well and it, all that kind of stuff, but so could ours next time. It's, it's this whole, we're all in it together. And, and what I've really enjoyed is the fact that even though this business can be cold and horrible and in a, in a way secretive, what I felt from this and having people on and having you guys be part of this with me is that we're not alone. And I think that is a really powerful place to be in this industry that is a lot on your own. Half the time you're writing on your own, you're directing on your own, you're trying to produce and raise money on your own. But to have an amazing group of people around you all the time to talk to and be honest about this industry has been incredible. Um, and I've loved that. And that's a love, you know, always chatting to you guys about this. But the guests we've had on as well, to be honest and open, is, it has been really eye-opening. I've learned so much from talking to them. It's been incredible. Dom? Well, Phil, Phil just kind of covered a lot of what of I course Sorry, Dom. Dom. Of thank, course thanks, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll go on to say, I think a lot of it's about putting yourself outside of your comfort zone. And oh, don't bring this up on the episode, Dom. This is where you're going. <laughs> what? <laughs> Me letting you down again. <laughs> nice well, segue, Dom. Thanks. It's, it's not. I mean, you know, again, you sort of look at appearances and, and you can only look at people's careers based on what you see them doing. But, mm. you know, a lot of creatives are, are introverted people. And it is it is often about finding those kind of challenges that are outside of what you're what you're naturally you know, wanting to do. And that's when you sort of find the magic and that's when those projects that are really important get made. Uh, and, I, and I think that's kind of a struggle that, you know, even some of the biggest guests have gone through is is their own, <laughs> am I good enough? Am I going to be able to do the next film? You know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And it's, it's really easy to look at it like it's a sort of a perfect tapestry of a career mm-hmm. um, because it's just a series of steps, but the, 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 the gaps between the steps we don't always see. And, you know, they've, they've all made their films in a million different ways and there is no one way to get something made. And <laughs> I don't think there's a blanket. You can't do this. You can't do this genre. You can't do this kind of story. I think if, you, if your heart's in a project, then it'll get made eventually. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Hey. Oh. Hey. I like that. You don't see the gaps between the steps. No, no. I love right. that. That should be on a... T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Stick it on merch, a T-shirt. Merch, Giles. <laughs> merch, 10% merch. off merch. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh thanks, Phil, no, for bringing know. that up. There is 10% <laughs> off merch <laughs> on the film. I'm just reading the script that you've written for all of the Giles. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was that good a writer. Um, <laughs> Toby? I'm jumping on something that has been said before. Um, for me, like coming from another country as well, that it doesn't really have that much of a film industry, uh, you often feel on your own. And what mm. I learned through the podcast and also through um, generally living in London for, for a time and speaking to other filmmakers is that sense of community and that nobody actually needs to be alone. Everybody wants to collaborate. And bringing that spirit to Austria really helped me to get to know people here and also share the spirit. That sense of community um, is something that the podcast really shares with us, me, myself. Oh, are you going to cry? 
I thought you were going to get emotional then. I was it's getting yeah. deep with three and death so Let's, let's yeah. push in for a close. That's beautiful. Uh, Tori? Um, well, I mean, you've all beautifully covered um, most of, I think. No, I mean, I think what an incredible catalogue that you have created. Like 300 episodes. We. Is, uh, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, it's 300 episodes of just, and, and I sort of, I think I challenge anyone to kind of listen to any one of those 300, just to kind of like, you know, put your paw in and dip out at random, but you'll still learn something. I think in every single episode, obviously there is that through line of, of a sense of, uh, you know, um, realizing that, oh, actually yeah, I'm not alone in feeling that. And and there will be certain things that you're familiar with, that you've experienced, that you, you have, you know, had very similar sort of um, processes to a lot of, a lot of people that you've interviewed. But I've, I've never once listened to an episode and not learned something or, or you know, in, in interviewing anyone, not learned something. And that is just an absolute gift. Mm. It really is. Mm. It's, been, it's been a real joy. It's been a real fun thing to do. My missus has just turned up. Hello, Fee. Hi. Yay. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, and it has been, it's the first time you've ever been heard on the podcast. I was going to say, she's yeah. like the, uh, Damn. the, the silent observer. Yeah. Silent yeah. What did she learn from the podcast? Yeah, what did you learn yeah. from the yeah. episodes of the Filmmakers Podcast? How amazing you are. I say that oh. again. Oh. How amazing you are. Oh, look I think she's how amazing you are. So she does exist. She does exist. It's a voiceover artist. It's a voiceover artist. I've just played her. I press a button. She's not on screen for the record. <laughs> this is a pre-recorded message. The dare is coming out very soon. <laughs> um, so look, this. Thank you again all for joining us, and thank you for listening. Like I say, 300 episodes isn't it? It's an incredible thing we've done every Tuesday, except one because it was Christmas Day, and we didn't want to be that sad uh, and ruin your Christmas Day. Really, um, ruin your vegan turkey. But I was there, ready with the microphone. Yeah. Like, oh I'm pretty God, sure what's happening? I think it was ruined because there wasn't an episode. If I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> but we thought, because, you know, we, we're all busy at the moment. We're all in the middle of various projects and filming and projects coming out. Uh, we had some amazing guests, but actually I thought it'd be nicer for us to chat and go through this. So we thought we'd come up with some topics. We're going to have some listener questions at the end as well. We're going to see how many topics we can get through. If we don't get through all the topics that we want to do, we're going to do this again because it's so much fun just to get together and chat. But also I think you guys enjoy these ones when we all talk together and are very honest and open about our filmmaking as well. A funny thing happened while we were making Cloudy. We were at Sony Animation and they had a movie come out that didn't perform how they wanted. So they spent a million dollars getting energy, a, a research company, to reverse engineer why animated movies succeed in the marketplace. And so the idea is like, let's just copy what they do right, and mm -hmm. we'll do that, and we'll win. And the, the researchers said that the way to win is to be unique. <laughs> it's the one factor that is <laughs> common to all the winners, is that it has to be different. You can't be like the fourth Penguin movie. You have mm -hmm. to like be something that nobody's seen before. And you, we've seen that over and over and over again. If you can deliver an experience that feels new to an audience, they go.
This was a little snippet from our episode 246 with producers, writers and directors Chris Miller and Phil Lord. So, uh, anyone got a topic that they want to start with? What, what an audience wants from an indie film. I mean, that's, that's kind of a bigger, it's a big... It's a big question. It's a good isn't question, it? I, think. I, I mean, think it's a very good question. It's a very good question. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was kind of. It, it is almost too good. Maybe we should just all meditate on that for the next 10 minutes. Um, I don't know. Because I, I, I mean, I, I know I was looking at things and trying to talk to people and things about it. And basically, I, I'm actually teaching at the moment at a drama school, um, like filmmaking and, and screen acting and things. And what's kind of quite interesting is like talking to all these people. They're all in like, you know, 20, 21. And what, it, what's been really interesting is that they're all like, you know, they used to love Marvel. They used to love all the bigger sort of stuff. And they're all turning to like, basically like, and they're all like, have you heard of Mubi? Like, mm-hmm. like Mubi. Well, Mubi. Mubi. Yeah. M- M-U-B-I, exactly. Yeah, thanks, of Tom. course. Yeah. Um, and, and they're all and they're all like so they're always like people in their twenties, they're all kind of after something different, like something alternative from the big budget stuff. Uh, you know, they want like they want something a little bit different, like more experimentation. I think like more challenge more. Not that saying that it's not, you know, fun and things, but but just something a little bit like I was thinking about this. Um sorry, Dom, I will stop talking in a minute no, no, but can. like I was thinking but maybe it's my imagination maybe because I'm getting older but like the blockbusters when we were growing up mm. I don't know do they seem to have like a little bit more that's kind of the what right word but like a little bit spirit. more intelligence <laughs> well yeah indie, exactly <laughs> indie, well, yeah. all these words exactly all these <laughs> things and may, you know and like each to their own completely if it makes you happy then you know do it as long as it's not murder and things but like you know if you like those kind of films awesome great but like it just seems to that seems to be lacking. I don't feel like I'm getting challenged like intellectually. Not that I need to be going, oh, what's going on all the time at all. You know, Jurassic Park, one of the greatest films ever made. But there's like an intelligence to it. Mm. Like the way it's made, it's in a way, it's kind of simple storytelling. Mm. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think because of that, though, that the market is like oversaturated because we can go make films on our iPhones nowadays because we can you know back in Jurassic Park days we couldn't do that we couldn't just pick up a camera if we were our age now and go make a film it's very difficult do you think there's too many films I think it's been moved into the, the streamers like intelligent filmmaking that that gap has been moved out of Hollywood mm-hmm. and it's that kind of you know five to 20 40 million pound films that used to be the kind of award season films you know you still get them but there's there's less on the lower end and I think a lot of those interesting storylines have been moved into TV mm, and very true. indie films are you know that it's just a shrinking shrinking market and it's really hard to make those kind of unique interesting films where you have the the creative um, freedom to, to do those things yeah and and as you say don't like and not be then pushed into great love it so uh, can you pitch me the tv series mm. and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, i kind of just want to make the film yeah. to be honest <laughs> let me make a movie yeah. <laughs> i think i think it, the idea serves beautifully you know that hour and a half space and that's kind of what i want to do why do i have to and why am i pushed to think right okay i've got to think of this as like 10 hours not an hour and a half mm. you know yeah no i, I yeah i appreciate that because it is difficult for us because then we spend six months writing that or trying to get that together and then they go, oh, no, we don't want it anymore. And you're like, yeah. it's really exactly. hard for writers and creatives at the moment. But what what is it do you think that we can and our audience can take from this is what do we think the audience are wanting at the moment? And do we jump on that? Is that something, you know, like vampire films haven't been around for a while. Is that going to come back round? Should be, we, we be doing that? There's no wrestling films right now. Should we, you know what I mean? Sports dramas. Is that the kind of thing we're going, oh, there isn't any, should we do it? Do the audience want that? Or actually are we keeping with our trends or should we just keep making the films we want to make? I mean, I'm strongly against the idea of making films for 
you know, okay, th- this is this is a gap in the market. I, I think films have to come from personal stories. You know, they have to come from something that's authentic. They have to be real. And, and they have to be something that excites you as a filmmaker. And I think as soon as you start to make it sort of a head process and trying to make it for this person or that person, that's exactly when you have the kind of the flops mm. in, in my mind because they just they're just sort of manufactured by a think tank I, I i've never tried to make an indie film i've never wanted to make an indie film i've tried to make the films that inspired me growing up you know the mm. kind of oscar contenders mm. and and you know and then i think how can i make this on an indie budget mm-hmm. um and i think when people look at indie films they think well what can we do rather than what's the story i want to tell and um, I think there's always a way to balance those two things. But if we look at making money, right? Because this is what this comes down to, right? How dare you? Sadly. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I just woke up. Sorry, what? Make money? Who are the audiences who go to the cinema? As much as we go to the cinema, we don't go as much as we used to, our age. Let's say, you know, we're late 20s, all of us. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, that, that bracket of like 16 to 24 year olds go to the cinemas they want to be entertained they don't necessarily want these whimsical dramas or these you know they they don't they want the marvel movies and that's why it's still working but but i think i think it's changing that's the thing i I honestly do think has it it has it reached saturation point i wonder i just like you know that age group do seem to be like is there anything else out there? I'm like, you know, they, they're, you know, the 16 year old of now is far more intelligent than I was when I was 16. Um, you know, and they, they are after. There's so much more, you know, uh, sort of wide worldly uh, world. wise. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, and they, they're after more. They're, they, they question things more, um, which I think is why, more like, political. Yeah, and I think, I, you know, I like think. indie film, as you say, Dom, it doesn't mean it's like you know, kind of, oh, it's three pound fifty sort of thing. It's just, it's more like <laughs> the indie sensibilities mm. of the, you know, the stories of like, like, you know, Stanley Kubrick in a way yes. um, yeah. I've gone off on one hand now haven't I um, you know, he, you know <laughs> every single film was completely different um, but like it was you know he was but he was every time he was exploring like a piece of himself or mm. like the human experience of things and it was it was so they I think they're brilliant films but like each one is an exploration of of something he was interested in at that point which um, is exactly what Don was saying when it's like don't go for like you know oh right this is it this is in trend at the moment because also let's face it that actually if you're like okay that's that's current right now <laughs> I'm gonna sit down I'm gonna write my script because yep. that's current mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know how long it, yeah. it takes to make a film <laughs> the time it gets made it's not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the time it's out oh that bubble's gone totally so my parkour film is still in my drawers. Yes. <laughs> <It's> still not. <laughs> now I'll come back around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it always does that. Exactly. Yeah, my yeah. COVID yeah. film. Right, must must get that out now. They all work. They all work well, don't they? <laughs> is, it, is part of the problem also that the, the sort of feedback loop is so instant now as well? So, you, so Matthew, you, and Toy, to your point about the kids of today and what they're after. Because I think when you go, or you used to go to the cinema, you were going, expect... It's sometimes... Getting what you need, not what you want. So it's like it's like where you, you sort of flick through the TV endlessly, not knowing what to watch. And cinema used to, like I remember going to see Shawshank Redemption, not like I had nothing to do on a Friday night. So, oh, I'll go see this film. Mm. Apparently it's all right. Mm. I don't know. And then I was blown away. I don't think you get that anymore. And also films now, because they feed off of the, you know, if enough people go online and say, we want the Fantastic Four, then... You know, Doctor Strange 2, spoiler, um, suddenly has, here you go, here's what you wanted, isn't it? So it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I sort of did, but then I sort of didn't as well. So it's sort of, you want it and you've kind of asked for it, but it's also unsatisfying. 
And that's the problem with modern cinema. Yeah, but Dom's right. Things have moved to streaming. You know, there's no question about it. That platform and for independent filmmakers, it's not a bad place to be. You know, you get your film on Netflix, you get a Sky original. That's great. You know, if they're going to fund your movie or TV series, but really we're talking movies really right now, is that's a good thing. But cinema is still that goal, right? It's still the ultimate for us. It's still what we want. Because if you get a hit in the cinema, well, it, it does well. You know, it's a huge difference. Whereas streaming, it comes and goes in a couple of weeks. And it's the atmosphere as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. just, just going to see a really powerful film for the first time with a whole bunch of people and the, hearing the gasps and the excitement, like there's just, you can't, you can get close on a, a screen at home, but it's never quite the same. Just to wrap it up, uh, S. Thanks for coming. I don't want to edit any more on this topic. All right, it's a word from us monsters. Moving on. I don't have to edit so much. Now, what I wanted to say is that as a filmmaker, you're part of the audience as well. So just do what you want to see. Because if you do want to see something, then probably other people want will want to see it as well. So do trust mm. your taste. Mm. I love that. Mm. It's very, what we're saying, the Christopher Nolan, even though he fits into both brackets, is independent filmmaker, but yeah. he makes movies for the big screen. But he's not being told what to make. He's not, he's making things that he wants to make. That's a true independent filmmaker, but he's just got huge budgets behind him. You know, if any of us try to make Inception or Tenet, you know what I mean? <laughs> Good luck. You know, we're not going to get the money. <laughs> But he had the vision and the <laughs> mindset. Not with that attitude, Giles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, the dad. That's a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I think isn't isn't there like a you know uh, playing devil's advocate or or bouncing out? Isn't there? Uh, and this is what we can do as indie filmmakers is to go like we want to say this thing about something, mm. you know. But how do we wrap that? in a package that you can sell. Yes. Because, you know, the, the thing about making, uh, you know, a studio film or something is that you are either the gun for hire, you come and you shoot it and you hand it over and you're like, oh, great. Oh, what? The poster. Oh, there's a trailer. Oh, it's out. Yeah, it's done. With indie filmmaking, you're like, okay, I've got to make the film. I've also got to sell the film. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, okay, and you know, horror is the most obvious example of that. As like, okay, you can you, you can tell more allegorical tales. You can tell you know you can, a lot of metaphor. You can do really interesting things with horror to comment on society or whatever we want to do. More difficult in other genres, like you know, a, a, a crime thriller set in London and strip clubs. Like you know, it's kind of Bill's <laughs> next movie. As an That's my next movie, really. But like you know, so it's kind of like how do you. <laughs> How 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 do you try to have the best of both worlds? Because it's still you want to make an indie film, but you want people to see it. And for yeah, people completely. to see it, you've got to sell it. And to sell it, you've got to kind of <laughs> fit, you know, fit in a little box. Mm. Uh, I'm just I think thinking about Phil's next movie stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Phil's yeah. next movie. This is your Christmas film. Prancer. Prancer. Yeah. 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 That's her name. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I get um, it. It's a stripper. Yeah. It's yeah. 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 There's a lot of snow, but They're it's gonna not find what we were expecting. Got it. Snow cane. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, this is an endorsed by Universal or Sky. I always, I always try and remember. So Walt Disney, before you know, as in the man, before you know, the, the corporation. He always said, "We don't make." <laughs> we don't make movies to make money. We make money to make movies. So it's the whole thing of like, you know, we 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 have we have to make money. We've got to, you know, 
we're going to go, you know, go chatting to people about our next films at the moment. Like we've going back to the same same, uh, you know, they call investors, money, money people. They've got to make money in the first place to go back. You know, we have to. We've got to yeah. try. You know, so we've got to try and hide our own messages and wants in something which we can package and make money. Yes. Yeah. So we can go. Can we have some more, please? Now, you know, it's <laughs> just you have to. It's the most expensive art in the world. It really is, and people take a risk on it. But and here's where I think indie filmmakers do thrive here and can make a difference within this world is because if you've got a fresh idea, if you've got something that, all right, it's been told in a certain way, but has a fresh spin on it, or you think it's a fresh idea, if nothing else, I tell you what, people do take that into consideration massively. People do really bite on that. If you say, I've got this idea and they go, and normally when you pitch an idea, someone will go, oh, you mean like, oh, that's similar too. But if you go in there and you've actually got a fresh idea and they go, oh, hang on, that's interesting. You've now hooked your investors. So don't be afraid of doing something that is different as well, because your investors will go, oh, I want to be part of that or the studio or producers or, you know, your director, whoever you're trying to get on board. I love it when someone comes with a fresh idea I've not seen before or heard before. Right? We all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what all these students want. You know, all these 20 year olds, they're like, we want something different. We don't want. We've mm. seen that now. We've seen that. We want reindeers in lingerie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pole dancing in <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so I think, yeah, you know, you can, whatever your film is and whatever you want to write or the story you want to tell is do tell it. You know, it doesn't matter what people say. Don't necessarily follow the trend unless you want to do that. That's up to you. But if you've got a, an interesting idea, then go for it. Don't be afraid or ashamed to push your story out there. And don't think anyone else will steal it either. That's something people often get afraid of is pushing it out and someone's going to steal it. The effort of writing a script and taking it is so hard. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to be ridiculously talented to take your idea and then run with it, then find money, then find cast, then actually get it made and get it sold. So sometimes we can be too scared. I mean, even if they do, even even if they literally took your, you know, your, your pitch deck or your, you know, treatment and they wrote the same script as you wrote your own script, it's going to be a completely different film. It's going to have different casting. It's going to have different creative ideas. It's probably going to be wildly different unless it's like based on a novel or something. So. Yeah. yeah, or unless it's called The Prancer Tale, in which case uh, there is many, many versions of this <laughs> amazing film. Uh, we're going to do a podcast special on it, by the way, Phil. Thank, I'd love to. That'd be great. I'd really like to kind of dive deep into it. That'd be great. <laughs> and actually put to bed all these rumours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, tune in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, you know, no one tells you that it is really hard. It's obviously incredibly hard. But when you're young, you kind of think, oh, I'll get into a festival and then something will happen and that doesn't necessarily do that. But actually, even getting into a few festivals is a good thing because really what you're doing when you make a short is you're building a body of work that when you go to an interview for something, you can present and say, look, I made a drama or look, I made a sci-fi. And that's, that's how you should see it. Festivals are great and fun, but don't worry if you don't get into the big ones because you're just building a body of work. And that's, for me, that's the most important thing. This was a snippet from episode 267 with director Jennifer Sheridan. 
Tobias, you may have to like mute uh, some of my track when I'm muting here because my daughter is currently crying downstairs. And I'm oh like, no! Uh, just, I think she's okay. It's just post school. I hope she's not yeah. watching the the reindeer film. Is there a <laughs> I think she's watching when the screaming starts. Yes. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> there, there is a great cameo in it, if nothing else. Have you got a cameo? Objectively, apparently, I, I'm I'm funny, but I'm I'm just playing a sort of objectively. I'm I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> Such a dumb thing to say. No, it, 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 it's, a, it's a great film, and um, I, I'm going to give a little little shout out for for Connor because he, he came and came and helped me the other day when uh, yeah, gave me a, gave me a hand. He did for this podcast. Yeah, he's now hosting. He came on recently with his um, when the scream starts, and then he hosted with Dom. It's pretty cool. Pretty Yay. cool. Um, Dom is also starring in the latest BBC Ident as well yes yeah i saw that did you yeah, oh, yeah. Right. okay yeah. i've not seen this what's that it, one it's there's a load of swimmers naked in wild swimming are you brilliant <laughs> okay Tiny with some binoculars it, it basically it basically uh <laughs> yeah it's like uh, inverse binoculars it's quite cold up there isn't it, it I guess, yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. so, Oh, well, just just to clarify, it's only just, my yeah, head yeah. in shock. That's so what Dom specialises in, is cold water diving, isn't it? No. So, so um, <laughs> I got I got sent this um, this advert. Is this uh, a long from story? A, from a, it's a short one. <laughs> <laughs> Phil has got a hard out of fun. Anyway, long, long, very long story short, as, as I'm being pressured here by Giles. Um, <laughs> that's it, that's the end of the story. Got, got asked yeah. to do that cold water swimming thing as a, as a background artist. And um, it was in the fucking freezing time of year. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't really say who was in what lane or, or doing what or where the camera was, but there was a techno crane. And I was in the middle lane, and I was looking at it, and I was thinking that that techno crane looks like it's kind of faced at me, but I'm not, you know, I'm not supposed to be the the actor here. And they never sent me the the, the ident. And then suddenly I looked at it, uh, googled it the other day, like six months later, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm the tracking shot of the ident, just sort of obliviously, you know, swimming along in the in the middle lane. So there we go. Oh, you, nice. you need to call them up and get a bigger buyout because if you've gone from background artist to featured to you know, I am thinking about that. I am thinking. I about think that. you need to foreground mm. artist. Do it. To. There we go. <laughs> Get on them. Um, so let's. I, I suppose moving on from that, <laughs> Dom's short tale. Um, you started it, Giles. It was you started it. Giles. You brought it from, up yeah. from a prancer tale <laughs> to a short tale. <laughs> Somebody once said that perseverance plus talent equals luck. I think that's really true. I sort of doubted that when I was young. I thought I was a bit, I had a bit more of an edge to me. And I thought, you know, it's like the Groucho Marx thing. I'd never want to be a member of a, a club, being a part of a club that would have me as a member. But it was like a flip of that. For me, it was, it was, I never want to be a part of that club because they don't want me as a member or they want me in a specific way. And I'm not interested in being that way because, because of my size, you know, you're, your stereotype quite often. And I just wasn't interested in doing that. So, hmm. um, but I, I would just tell myself to uh, just persevere and stick with the tribe of, of fellow artists and writers and directors and actors that, that are supportive and uh, um, stick to it. Cause it, 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 it takes, it'll take a while, but be patient. It'll work out. This was a snippet from our episode 264 with actor producer, Peter Dinklage. 
All right, I suppose moving into the sort of how do we choose our projects then? What what inspires us? You know, how, how, what happens when you get the right or wrong people involved? It's a it's a good question, isn't it? I mean, because actually, what sort of what we've been talking about already, really, so much of it is to do with um, money, isn't it? That's what it boils down to. So quite often we get sent some brilliant scripts that I read and I go, oh my God, I'd love to make this, but it's going to cost, you know, upwards of. And actually right now for us, that's, you know, we're not the right people for it. We're just, you know, so it's, I think, you know, sometimes it really doesn't boil down to kind of like, you know, what you like and what you don't like. It's actually just like, okay, am I the right person for this right now? Or is there a better fit? Mm. How do you feel about that though, when you have to turn something down or something you really like that you want to do, and then you're going, oh, it's not for us right now. How how does that feel? I mean, it's always difficult. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of I don't I like this 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 there's a film that we were sent years ago that um this guy wrote about Errol Flynn. And so it's a sort of true life, you know, his his sort of story, which is which was, I mean, really fascinating. I had knew, had no idea, knew nothing about Errol Flynn. Read this screenplay and I was like, this is fantastic. But it was period, it was, you know, going through different ages. And I just thought, you know, this was back when we'd, I think just after we made... Was it Two Down? Two Down. <laughs> so we hadn't even yeah. sort of made the aisle yet. And it was just like, you know, this is such a massive leap for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, if the writer's out there um, <laughs> and you still haven't made your Errol Flynn film, well, uh, maybe. Because um, actually, re- so the, one of the films that we're working on at the moment, The King of Soho, mm. um, that came to us. Um, so we were shown the script, um, read it, loved it. Quite a similar thing um, in that we were like, okay, wow, this spans from the 50s all the way through to the 90s. That is, you know, that's huge. Um, Also, the question was posed, you know, um, is it better suited as a TV series? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are also, you know, it's based on a true life story of um, Paul Raymond. Um, and so which they have already made a film um, sort of 10 years ago called The Look of Love with Steve Coogan. So, you know, there were lots of things that we were kind of like, eh, do we want to do this? And also, as a woman, I think I was like, do I want to make a film about a bloke who basically sort of mm-hmm. promoted strip bars and pornography? Hmm. Um, but you know as you sort of with reindeers (laughs) (laughs) no no, you can't cut that out (laughs) no that's in there oh god no one else is Dom's not gonna (laughs) (laughs) but you know like but you sort of uh, you know there are so quite often there are so many reasons sort of not to do something but then at the end of the day it boils down to the script and we loved the script and actually we thought okay yes it's it's you know it's huge it's a massive project but if we're really clever with how we shoot this if we think about this so Paul Raymond was an entertainer so let's like let's go really indie on it let's you know be go you know let's we'll we'll do sort of use different lenses for the different eras we'll you know and we'll you know okay yes we don't have to set up Greek street in the 60s we mm-hmm. can shoot this cleverly we can sort of work around that kind of stuff and and make it sort of much more of a sort of art piece and an entertaining piece of filmmaking um like the character himself so you know it very much kind of that's the sort of angle that we're going at it 
from. Mm. And also we met Howard, his son, who is, you know, really behind the film. And he's a nice bloke. We really like him. We really get on with him. And at the end of the day, you want to work with people who you like, who aren't yeah. dickheads. Yeah. I mean, you know, and even yeah. if... Okay. We have done that a bit. And we have done that. And actually, <laughs> you know, even if you're they, they're not your best mate, then at, like at the very, very least, you have to respect them. Yes. You have to respect yes. the people that you work with. And vice versa. You might, yeah, exactly. Mm. And you might not love them. That's fine. Are you talking about subject unknown? Because uh, <laughs> this isn't therapy, guys. Okay. <laughs> 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 We've done that before, we've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Phil's trying to get his own back. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, it's not working. It's, uh, it's fine. Moving on. <laughs> but it's true. You're so right. It's so important. You know, you're working with these people potentially for five years, you know. It can be longer you always you know i'm talking about the dare constantly uh, and it's like how many years later it's out by yep. the way uh, it is it is available um you'll be drunk by now I guess. um yeah and, but it's true if I, I didn't work with people i liked on that project it would have been so difficult and you're right tori it is important when choosing projects and when going into business with someone and it is a business we've, we can't forget that and you don't have to be best friends with them but you have to respect them that's an amazing amazing bit of tip bit of tip a little bit of tip there for you. Like it was like uh, Dom in the pool Dom. Uh, swimming. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of tip. It is cold though. So. <laughs> tip, tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Underneath that water is a huge <laughs> chunk of ice. <laughs> Well, at this point, if you're listening with uh, small children, you may want to uh, use discretion. This is not a fancy tale special. <laughs> when I kind of choosing stuff, I mean, yes, there's the money perspective, and like, oh, career-wise, you know, what film to do next, and what you, you know, what you're going to spend all this time doing. Also, just that feeling of excitement and passion like you know that you read something you're like oh my god like i i'm always like i want to see this movie yes. you know and you've and you've come to me okay uh yeah you know and yeah i have you have i have to have that buzz straight away because that's the like almost like your first two three reads of a script like that's your most honest appraisal you know of, mm. of the project after then it's all you know stripping it back and you know and, and logistics and and thinking about everything else like i always try and write down after a first read of script just initial thoughts yeah. um you know if i get to the end <laughs> initial thoughts <laughs> not, of, uh, it, you know so. just like what are the things that jump out that yeah. you know that i've not may have only remember you know and, and i've just got to have that buzz i've just got to be excited i've got to be able to go to wife and go oh my god i've just read this thing and this happened and blah 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 you know because uh, you don't get that i'm like uh why am i going to spend all this time because at the right. end of the day it's going to be us the filmmaker the directors the producers whatever you know they're <laughs> doing the de deliverables list or watching it for the 50th time to check you know the qc or whatever it is all the really really dry stuff and you gotta really love it or you just gotta run out of passion you know for it you know to tell it i think it's quite dangerous as well like to i mean just to, to read something and not fully be immersed in it and think mm -hmm. you know if you're not excited at that stage and you're just sort of making it because it's okay, then mm. how are you going to have enthusiasm for the casting, for your HODs, mm -hmm. you know, sitting through the post? Like, the enthusiasm is just going to get less and less. Uh, and it is. It's a big undertaking. And also, maybe there is someone that is enthusiastic about it that's that's better. And I, I think there's no, there's no sort of, you know, shame in stepping away from something because it doesn't feel 
like you actually care about it because you have to care about it. That is why it's also very important mm. to, to work with the right people because you don't want to lose that passion for the project. And the wrong people can make your passion suffer and that you that you want to step away from the project. And if you lose that passion, you, you lose the project in a way. Yeah. And it's almost harder on the no low budget stuff, you know, because you've got to be passionate or what's the point? Exactly. Absolutely, because yeah. you're not being paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. And like on yeah. the, what, on the you know, I was listening to the, you know, um, Connor when the screen starts podcast, you were talking about those guys. And then my mouth like dropped when it said all the actors like invested in it and everyone else. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, oh wow. Okay. It's yeah. that film, you know? And that was like, and you could tell, genuinely tell that without everyone, you know, caring about this thing and wanting to make it, it just kind of wouldn't have happened, <laughs> mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, because it's very, very hard. Uh, so just to, you know, say things that we always say, it's very, very hard, but you know, you've got to care. You've got to be, you've got to be the driving force of that passion. Yeah. But if Definitely. you do get with the wrong people, and I, I've said this a few times on the pod, but, and I really mean it because I didn't do this for a lot of my time when I was trying to make movies for 10 years and didn't make any was I was with the wrong people. And, if you with the wrong people, you know, in your heart, and it's so difficult sometimes if they're your best mate or, you know, you're working closely with them. But if it's not right, you know, and the quicker you can jump, the honesty, just just go pretend that one's not happening for a while and go, OK, cool. Let's talk when it does and get passionate about another one. And I also yeah. just never now have one project because it hurts too much when that falls down or you're waiting for someone else oh. to give you an answer these days don't do it you know what i mean have other projects write other things develop projects with other people because that way you don't get hurt as much when stuff doesn't happen or go your way in an ideal world you'd be you get the script you're passionate you've got everything but the world doesn't always work that way and what if you get which i have had a project which isn't right but nothing else is coming in there's some stuff that i've had projects where like there's I've turned down, but then it's come back around. It's improved a few degrees. It's, it's made mm. it better. And you're like, okay, there's something here. My, my sort of, I suppose my, my fires haven't been lit, but certainly there's something about this. Maybe I can work on this. Um, so I've done a few projects, uh, commercial projects where I've not been into it at all at the start, but I need to pay the bills. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and there's no shame in that as well. I don't I think it's, no. it's, it's no, a no, conversation no, no. you have to have. It's because passion is a one. I mean, that's the, that's the goal, right? That's the thing, but you can't always, and you won't always get that, but it's okay to, I think, to find a project and then say, what within this can I do? And I've done a few of those. And, and what can you learn? Like, I'm always like, yeah, can I, what can it. I learn yeah. from this? How can I get better at doing this? Yeah. Like, you know, so many gaps in my, you know, my filmmaking abilities and knowledge. And like, okay, what can, what can yeah. I play yeah. with? This may, yeah. might not be like the most fun and the, you know, and the most it's kind of excited I've ever yeah. been. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. But I'm going to learn something by doing this. I agree that the people, the people have to, I mean, again, always, you know, and that's definitely considerations. Can I work with these people? And that's mm. big. Mm. That's now that is a deal yeah. breaker. Because life like, is yeah. short. Yeah, and sometimes you don't know that until you're halfway no. through. Yeah, true, true. And it's, then yeah. you've got to, and, <laughs> and then I think, sort of, as a producer, then you really have to kind of stick by your guns and have your your own integrity to know when when something is not working when there's a rotten apple oh, yeah. that okay. needs to be removed because actually it's affecting everyone else you have know, you had that as well have you had that sort of situation yeah, where we've, we've worked on other people's things we're not going to mention them yeah sure, um, sure. and yeah 
But, you know, so it has, yeah. yeah, there's sort of, well, it's sort of one of the reasons that I have no desire to be a line producer ever again. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, but yes. you know, it's sort of, it's very, very difficult. We ha- you had this situation where, you know, there were a team that came on to do a job, but within that mm. team dynamic, there was racism. And right. they, oh, even though within their team dynamic, thought that that was acceptable, taken on to you know our working environment and our project obviously was absolutely not acceptable no. and so you know and those kind of those kind of situations are just just make such a toxicity within you know within the project and within the working environment and it's and it's so it's you damaging. just have to it's so damaging and you have to like you know nip it in the bud straight away and re, you know remove it because it just, yeah, those kind of situations, you know, it's it's just not acceptable in any working mm. environment. But somehow I think sometimes on film sets, you can come across huge egos. And mm-hmm. sometimes... Can. <laughs> <laughs> can. Yeah. can. Quote. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and sometimes it's warranted. Fine, you know, but actually, I think it again, it boils down to that whole thing of respect, doesn't it? Yeah, I've left projects because uh, of bullying, because of people you just don't want to work with. And it's really important, you know, for your career and your life. If you're not happy, move on. If you're not happy with where it's going, do something about it. Challenge the people around you. You don't necessarily have to run away, but go, this isn't working. What can we do to make it work if you believe in Absolutely. that project? Mm. So much. But Giles, you left because you were the bully. So yeah. you to me. Get out. <laughs> this is my podcast, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> he realised he was working on a short film. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is your, your well-being is is so incredibly important um, and I, I personally would rather either not work with people I don't want to work with and, and just not make a film or, or again the same with something I'm not passionate about I'd, I'd rather just wait and I, I do often have this um, you know I've spoken to Connor about this a few times like the struggle if you're you know a director and you're like well should I just take something because this project's taking a while to get made or that and my way of dealing with that is to produce. Like I produce stuff whilst I'm, you know, so, so then it's like I can still be involved in other stuff, but I don't have to do stuff that I'm I'm not sure about or work with people I'm not sure about, which I think is, because at the end of the day, you've got to be happy whilst you're creating all these amazing stories as well. You do. The tip for producing is supporting and providing everything you can to the director, because ultimately, as a producer, you're bringing all the things that the director needs to do, right? Once you've picked a director, you've picked a story you're passionate about and you've you've put all the pieces together, support the director. Don't get in their way until after the audience screening, right? And that's very challenging because as a producer, you also get passionate about the project and you also have a vision of the project, but then why did you bring the director on board? If you had that strong a vision, why didn't you direct? And I've seen it many times where a producer and a director just cannot get along. They have a different vision of the movie. The point where the movie is running from its day one, it's time to let go and just watch the process. And, and if you're involved, uh, it should be subtle. This was a snippet from our episode 291 with producer Yarif Lerner. Let's talk about um, like 
onset demands for us. We've sort of touched on it there anyway, as filmmakers and how we handle them when we're on set, because it's fine when we're off set and we're developing something and we're in the sort of storyboard mode or in the shot list mode. It's great. We're in our world and we're like, oh my God, I'm actually making this. And it's an incredible feeling when you're shit scared, but also super excited at the same time. How do we deal with those issues on set then? Imagine a place of your own in your name, a place where all your stuff is where there's a dinner table and a family around it. Virginia Housing makes it possible for thousands across the Commonwealth with our special homeownership programs, including loans, grants, and free classes. Because when we help people buy homes, their communities thrive. Click to learn more about Virginia Housing and see how home helps everyone. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. You know, when we are up against it, our back's against the wall as producers, as the directors, as the line producers, as the production managers, whatever it is we're doing, first ADs on stuff. How do we deal with that? How do we handle that pressure? Drugs. <laughs> Drugs. Well, CJ... <laughs> <laughs> CJ yes. and I were... <laughs> yes, that was it. Next topic. <laughs> CJ and I had a chat earlier about this because we were like, look, we can talk about the, the, the kind of normal things, which I think we've touched on uh, on this podcast. And if you're the hardcore listeners to listen to this for however long we've been talking to for already, um, they already know about the stuff about meeting your day or the time pressures or not having enough money or mm -hmm. like how do you shoot something when their location falls out. Like, yeah, I mean, that's all solid stuff to know. But we were, we were talking earlier about like what's the stuff that we don't necessarily hear people talk about in terms of demands on uh, us as filmmakers on set and um and we're sort of talking about our kind of demands on ourselves in mm -hmm. a way as filmmakers like you know there's kind of uh i sometimes find that there is that kind of little voice inside my head that and it, and it can creep in when you're setting up a shot you're shooting something you're like phil is this actually good enough like can you actually do better than this or i, I think you can do better than this you know and then, and then it leaves me it just goes and <laughs> makes a coffee and i'm like ah okay uh you know and it's and and uh and and it's kind of when to listen to that voice and when not to listen to that voice and again mm. it comes with experience and stuff but it's also training yourself to listen to your instincts to make those decisions 
um, when you're hounded by hundreds of questions. And uh, see, so yeah, I don't know whether you want to jump in because you had some really interesting thoughts uh, about this when we talked earlier. This is an underlying point as to why the podcast is so it's so good because it's all it's not you know uh, obviously Phil we're all a big fan of your work so it's nice to For sure. hear that you have that voice as well because the, the voice and I always assume as you probably do as well that no one else has that voice. It's mm-hmm. just me. So it's it's great to hear that, you know, everybody gets it, no matter how how much they're smashing it, they're, they're still getting that voice. But yeah, I was saying, we were chatting earlier and I was saying, the one thing I think I was never prepared for, I may have touched on this in an early podcast, I can't remember, but the one thing I was never prepared for is the fallout from the demand on set. So obviously, yeah, you're on set and there's, but you get an uh, really an, inhuman amount of questions and requests and uh, a need for your attention throughout the day and when you go home at the end and it's not so bad if you're on a commercial and it's a one or two day shoot it's fine but if it's a bigger project if it's three four five days or a feature it's really hard to at the you know week two halfway through week two your brain is wired in such a bizarre it, uh, way I, I don't know if, you're, if you've all had it I've had it in a different way to feel I think but I have this thing at the end of the day where my I'm done I've got nothing left I've given it everything but my brain is still firing at this kind of rhythm and I can't turn it off mm. and I go home or back to my hotel and I'm in my hotel room and I'm like it's just going absolutely crazy but I need to sleep and then I start when I do fall asleep I just start thinking that in my pre-sleep I'm back on set and I'm being asked the questions I've heard, like, oh no, they, uh, I chose the wrong color thing, or I, that, that, that curtain was too long. Oh no, why did I put that, you know, that, and it's, but I'm not, I'm, I'm just nodding off and I'm like, oh no, I've already shot it. Phil, you have a different thing, don't you, where you, you're the other way around. I'm the night before. Yeah. So <laughs> not every day, but like, if I know there's something coming up that I've been worrying about, whether it's a logistical thing or whether, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to make the day tomorrow or the actor was really not uh, grumpy yesterday and now I've got to do with that tomorrow or, mm. you know, or, or from the, even reading that script the first thing, like, wow, that's going to be a really difficult scene to shoot. I'll get there later and then it's tomorrow. You know, I fall asleep and I, I'll dream I've shot that day either as a complete nightmare mm. or it goes really well. But either way, I wake up and I'm relieved that like I've got time to start again, kind of Final Destination style, or where it went really well. I'm like, oh crap, it's never going to be as good as that in my dream. I've got to, I've got to do that shoot day again. Um, and it, again, it's that kind of, your your brain is, is, is processing so much information and I think, and I I love that about the job. I love I love being hounded with questions actually and making these decisions. And and I feel it's like a rush, isn't it? Yeah. it is a rush, you know. Yeah. And and it's you know it's generally people wanting your opinion on something to kind of funnel this vision, you know. Um, and it's a lovely skill, but also you can be crippled by that if if you don't make a decision, mm. like you know, and you and. Uh, and listening to that voice that goes like red is you want the red one or no you don't need the study camp that day or you don't need, and just just do it because and say it because if you if you second guess yourself all the time firstly never you'll never make a decision and you'll just end enter this kind of world of anxiety of like i've not made any decisions and i'm and maybe i'm looking like i'm not making decisions and sometimes it's okay to go do you know what I don't know, mm. but I'll get back to you. And, yeah. and people listen to that and go, okay, cool. But you can't do that for everything. It's like, do you want this sweater or this sweater? <laughs> I don't know. 
I need to come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But it's okay on that to change your mind. This is the other thing. Oh, 100%. It's, it's okay yeah. to go red and then on And I just go, blame the other person. I'm like, excuse me, I said red. Yeah. Did you record the information? <laughs> you got it, right? Excuse me. Yeah. 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 Okay. One way that I've dealt with that anxiety is I start to do video diaries. So at night, after I'd shot my day, I talk through that day, the whole sort of, just put it out, just words. It doesn't mean anything. And then talk through my next day. And it was kind of like my own therapy in a way. I was talking to myself with that mm, therapy of going through the day. And what it did is it helped me sleep. And it helped mm. me wake up with a plan. And it re- yeah. and actually, you've got some brilliant behind the scenes. You don't want to use all of it. Promised you. <laughs> there is some really good stuff of you actually talking through your scenes. And you can obviously, if someone's got behind the scenes, you can put those over the top of what your plan was and what your idea was. Honestly, it helped me no end. I was so glad I did that. I'd wish I'd done that because I sort of, for- okay. again, because like your, your brain is like in sort of, short-term store memory mode that I feel like it's mm, nothing yeah, acts as your long-term memory so you come out of a week going did uh, we shoot I that? mean I don't quite know what mm-hmm. happened but yeah. we got it you yeah know? no idea how we got through it and even now leading up to like you know interviews and things about prance I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back and look at the shooting schedule to remember what we did in the first week and what order it was and stuff and remind myself what happened because yeah, sure you can make that interview Phil you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you can't remember there's so much going on in your head it's kind of crazy and you kind of play it day by day you have to do it like that if you think too far ahead you get so bogged down in the pressure of oh my god we got that coming oh my god this is a crazy three-day shoot we've got the moment where we've got to shoot 17 pages how are we gonna you can't do that you've got to live by the moment every little moment and go how can i maximize this and hopefully you've got a great team around you firstly to go hey you've got 10 minutes on this so or you'll lose that shot up to you what do you want to do do you want the steady cam later do you want the crane shot later or do you want to get spend more time on this and that's your choice every day and you have to live with that that's what i I always say it's like um you you set the bar so high for how you're going to make the film or tv show you you set it up there and you go i'm going to do this and you're everyday your expectations and your level of it all just comes down and down and down <laughs> until you accept the worst of what it could possibly be and end up just an over the shoulder over the shoulder cool move on we got the scene you know what I mean? it's you've got to sometimes we discussed this earlier because that's another thing is obviously so two weeks in you're tired mm-hmm. and then maybe that morning the next morning you wake up and you get so you're told you can't have that bit of kit or you can't you know the thing you're really excited about <laughs> yes. when you're in prep the thing oh my god i can't wait to do that tuesday morning until yeah that's not going to happen you're like oh fuck and but then you've got to go to set and because it's it's really important about tone i think we're all of us here we're all amiable people because we're doing this obviously we like sharing information so but you want to go to set and i like a really happy plucky set it's i just like to be around positive people so you want that to be everywhere but trying to go to set and then having had all those knocks and scrapes and those those things that chip away at you but you don't want to get a set and go you know (laughs) it's just uh it's just getting chipped away at and it's not Mm. what it could be you've got to be you know, mm. positive and this is the best it can be. And I know we've all talked about this quite a lot before. Yeah, but you're the leader. You're the leader on set. So, yeah, so as I'd, Phil was saying, you, oh, sorry. I was, I was, no, carry on. Sorry, that, Dylan. That's what people This is the forget. point I was getting to. Yeah, stop, that's what just, people stop, forget. No, stop, no, no, your stop. Point. <laughs> no, very quick. Like, finish off. And I'll, but Phil was saying, which is the best point I haven't heard it put this way, was you've almost got to learn to be an actor as a director or, or a producer or that anyone apexed on the, on the crew, you, you've got to act. You've got to act the part. You've got to play a role. And that's, yeah, Learning that 
Yeah, you play. I mean, everyone has different sides of their personality, right? And and I have director Phil, and 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 you know, when I'm on set, maybe it's cause, uh, maybe it's because everyone's paid to laugh at my jokes, but I feel like I'm funny on set. <laughs> I would do here, we're not. Yeah. But like, no, but we're all like, being paid right because now. <laughs> <laughs> and laugh. Uh, and uh, the, no, but like, you you have to switch it on because it affects ultimately what you're trying to protect, which is the performance and and everything and the and the mo, you know, and and that whole thing so you've got to be the one that drives this forward or it can so easily just fall apart and that day will live on forever in the rushes of the day that you were like you couldn't be bothered or Mm. you were too tired yes or you were underprepared or you know and we all have those days it's not always perfect but you know it's kind of it's and that's that's a massive demand to be able like i just I just, I just can't deal with this today. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've got this stuff going on, this stuff that the, and but that's the thing. The cast and the crew do not need to know. No. You know, and um, I even do it on commercials. Like when the first AD, you know, will come over to me. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm going. She's like, "Oh, we're doing all right for time. We're doing all right." Or you know, or we, or we're actually, I'm like, Frightening. "Don't say it out loud. Don't say that. You know, yeah, yeah, I like, just don't, don't say, say it out loud. Yeah, just, yeah. just either whisper me is the issue, or I'm very aware of what you know time is and stuff. It's like, because everyone. <laughs> then you know the panic starts to set in i learned the clock when i was 13 i'm going to 13 giles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slow developer but that's okay that's okay as long as you get there yeah but those those tired those tired days are the, are the hardest ones yeah because they they're the ones you really want to let stuff slide when it's like oh this is gonna be really difficult to get this and you're just like oh i'm exhausted yeah there's an easy way <laughs> I have a question on that part do you guys like how much does exercise play a part in when you're on a shoot like especially you know on a long shoot for me like it's absolutely imperative that I still manage to get my exercise in be it like if I go for a run in the morning and obviously you know on sets you you are working crazy hours you're getting up at like you know 5am and god knows what time you're going to bed but but you know it, like it's so vital for me for my own mental health and for like clearing my mind of like you know be it whether I'm acting and I have all of that nagging doubt of that we all we all have (laughs) said that we experience of I'm not good enough this is shit you know but also to being a producer and having like you know the list to-do list is you know 50 items long and you're like oh my god it's got to be done by tomorrow just taking 20 minutes out to like go for a run, do some exercise, like any, just to get those endorphins going. Cause actually that also helps with the tiredness and the fatigue and everything else as well. It might be, feel like it's, this is the last thing I want to do, but I don't know about you guys, whether you find that. For me, it's always sleep. Like that's that's the main one, and, and I, I meet so many people. It's a great exercise. I, so <laughs> I run in my sleep. To, at, at the end of the day, it, it, you know what you're Naked. what you're saying is is completely valid as a way to get those endorphins in. But so many people, they 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 sort of avoid the sleep, uh, and then what happens is that they're literally a zombie on set. They can't make any decisions mm. because they've spent all night trying to plan stuff that's kind of outside of their control. And then totally. you've got someone useless, and it's like I'd rather be mentally prepared but maybe not prepared than mm-hmm. to be a zombie who's who's thought about stuff to sort of infamitum. So and, and the slippery slope is like, oh, just go to the bar. So the end of a hard yeah, day. Yeah, I never do that. You know, and we've all done it, right? We've all wow. like done that. But like, it, you know, you always, <laughs> you kind of regret it. And uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I running is really my only exercise and I, I try and be better at doing it. I definitely don't have my days off. 
<laughs> inverted commas yeah the scheduled <laughs> days off but like but during the shoot i'm so physically kind of exhausted because mm-hmm. i never sit down like yeah, i, I just shouldn't. don't fall asleep. Um, yeah. and uh you know and i'm always moving i'm always you know again i'm playing that role i'm the excitable passionate you know film director like, you know have you considered phil have you considered maybe doing weights yeah just join. like that's something you could do yeah so as you're directing on set you're <laughs> yeah. doing weights just, at the same time just yeah. bench press Action. a run yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> so you're exercising and directing. Yeah, yeah it's kind of get the yeah. ones that like you can strap to yourself as well. Oh, so, like, you can yeah. Yeah. Little over ankle, there. little Point ankle weights. Oh, this shot's really difficult. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do your aerobics or boxer size keep fit class while you're just. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> but you have to be mentally, physically fit. You do. It's yeah. such a marathon on set. There's no question about it. It's one of the hardest things you can go through. It really, really is, you know, in terms of our careers and what we're trying to do, not in terms of life. And you, on set, you have to be physically ready for it. You you have to be prepared. And I mean that in terms of not just your prep as a director slash producer, getting sure everything's in a row, what you want to shoot, how you're going to work with the actors, but also your mental state as well. Because it can be easy to slip down that. I've worked with directors and you can see them just slip down that, oh God, path. And you've got to gym back up. You've got to help them. And if they're not prepared or if they've gone for a drink the night before, I'm like, look, this is on you, mate. This is your yeah. fault. You know, that's why you can't do it. You've, you've really got to separate yourself. And I found that very difficult. Maybe Matt, you were the same moving from acting to directing because when we were acting, we just went, hey, I've done my acting for the day. Let's go have a drink with everyone. And hey, we can survive the next day. We're cool. Look at us. When you're, <laughs> when you're directing, you cannot do that. You just cannot. You're, you're the leader. You know, you, you, the respect goes if you're sort of getting smashed in the bar. They go, well, hang on a minute. And you probably revealed too much in that bar chat anyway. And the next day, they're like, ah, I ain't going to do what you say. Or the other crew, you've got to be really careful. It's a really hard balance because you suddenly go, oh, I really want to do that. I want to play. I want to have fun. Yeah, I remember, I remember on, on the aisle, lonely. like, because we were on this Scot- you know, Scottish yeah. island, like, and one of the things, you know, we were paying people well, but we also had a lot of booze for everyone. And they were, you know, so, you know, obviously moderation stuff, but like, I was like, rum, obviously. I'll maybe have, yeah, exactly, yeah, a bit of rum, yeah. yeah. But I was like, maybe I'll have one occasionally, but like, everyone's like, no, come on, Matt, come on, have a drink, come on, come into the big cozy room and have it. I was like, I just, as you said, slippery slope. Is it week two or something? Or later, yeah, you've been into the exactly. Shoot oh yeah, yeah, there's no way I, I wouldn't be able to function, you know, mm. at all. I just know myself. Yeah, and like yeah. you said, like it's, it does start to after a while, like feel a bit lonely, especially if you have been an actor as well. Because the whole point is, I love the camaraderie of yeah. like, being on set. Social butterflies. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, mm. yeah, to, to then step away and go, I've I've kind of got to go and do my own thing. Otherwise, we'll tomorrow, for tomorrow. Uh-uh. Sorry, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's our name on shit. You know, exactly. it's us getting our films out there, and we're the ones promoting them, talking about them. But also, I mean, that's my fun. Like, being yeah. on, you know, that, that's that. Yeah. I'd rather do that. That than... is social as well, and, and it is yeah. exhausting because you, you're not only having to deal with problems, but you are socialising with people for a very long day. So mm-hmm. like, for me, it's also that mental space of like taking a time out. Okay, I'm done with the day. I needed a bit yeah, of me yeah, time yeah. to right. chill out, go for a walk or, or whatever. Exactly. To, uh, Tori, very quick to your point about exercise though, which is a really, really, it's one I'm quite passionate about. So when, uh, so probably the only time I'm not so uh, exercisey, if that's a, it's not. Uh, that's not really a exercise. <laughs> no, it's, it's like sexercise. It's like Dom in a swimming pool. <laughs> but, um, uh, it, but on uh, the power of the bike compels you. <laughs> when, I, when I'm working, when you're um, as I work can be quite insular sometimes. You don't see people. I think then it's so important to just yeah get out on the bike, go for a run, do something to just shake yourself out of it because it's almost I think 
directing on set is quite a physical thing. And I, I really end up doing, you end up sort of running around in front of the camera, waving smoke around and do it. So in the end, you've, you're quite physically exerted anyways. But yes, yeah. every other time, I think exercise is so important to keep on top of it. Uh, so like prep and post oh my god yeah just yeah, make sure yeah, you yeah. Get a run at lunch times or before work or something oh yeah like during post yeah like always you go for the run in the morning and then you then you yeah. in the suite but yeah i mean routinely on set my watch is going off saying you've reached your 400 percent goal i'm like oh my god it's, a, <laughs> uh, it's lunchtime <laughs> you know? uh, could you just because i'm moving all the time yeah. you know yeah, yeah. People who make movies and the people who talk about making movies, yes. and there are people who like that call, that say they're a writer director not because they enjoy writing directing, they just want to be a writer director. Yeah. Um, and it's a very difficult thing where like that opportunity, that that fear that you talk about, the fear of getting greenlit, mm. where it's like you get greenlit and then you're like, oh shit, now I actually have to make the thing, is the thing that people are actually scared of. They don't want to make the movie they've been talking about for ten years. They want somebody to come along and do all of the hard work of producing it and giving them the money and call them a genius. And it's like that's never gonna happen. That is a daydream. And I remember I saw Cresha, this film uh, by Trey Edward Schultz in 2015 in South by Southwest. And he made it with his family for 35 grand in his backyard. And it's a masterpiece. And I was like, this is the beginning of independent film for me. This was a snippet from our episode 244 with director, writer and actor Jim Cummings. Well, look, we could do this forever. And actually, I've love doing these and like i say we had more topics but what we're gonna do i think is come back to them i, I like doing this it's fun if you listeners like it too let us know um because i think we should do more of these not just guests but us host chatting so if you like them um, uh, at filmmakers pod or email us the filmmakers podcast at gmail.com write to us let you know let us know what you think what you want more of as well we'll happily do that which brings us on perfectly to listener questions so we put a tweet out asking for questions so this is the first time some of our guests have heard this so i'm going to give you a host some of our hosts have heard this so i'm going to give you a bit of time i think between each one because it's really unfair but we've got a question here from the fantastic rob ailing who asks uh what is the one film you wish you'd made either a favorite film or one that you'd make better uh anyone want to jump in with that first for me inception probably something like that how would you make it better I wouldn't make it better. There's no, there's no way. That was the question. I, oh, okay. Well, no, no, that was a, that was a second part was, optional right, of the question. Right. So screw you, Jazz. Yeah. So it would be something like that, where it's where it's a deeply interesting psychological idea. Oh, I'd love to have with yeah. a, a really original storyline and blow away kind of emotional impact. Um, mm. It would be those kind of films that that would really like. For me, yeah. it's a prancer tale. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how would you make it better, Giles? <laughs> Please don't tell me. Yeah, I'm not over <laughs> it. It's still raw. <laughs> we'll do that on the podcast. If we yeah. go shot by shot and go, so really, really, yeah. that, what were you thinking? Were you drunk? Why would you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I, I would. I would remake something like. RoboCop 2 because I love RoboCop so much wow. and I hate RoboCop yeah, 2 yeah, so yeah. much and I'm like how could you fuck it up that much so I think I would I would find uh, you know who dropped the ball the most 
And yeah, uh, yeah, something like that, I think. I've just, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. So for that reason, I'm going Terminator 2. Um, because <gasps> what? How could what? you drop the balls? Blasphemy. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? No, you actually had me for a minute there. No, because I would love to have directed that and said, hey, I'm the director of that. You can live off the back of that. I'm sure the yeah. director who made that had a, some sort he of career. He didn't done nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, Tori? I would have absolutely loved to be in any Kubrick film. There's still time, <laughs> right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Deep fake. Yeah. No, I know. It's, yeah, that would have been amazing. Being directed by him would have been fascinating. The behind the scenes stuff you can see on YouTube now of him directing and doing stuff is like, wow, that's going to fuck you up a bit. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for for a that. long time yeah. as well. You're going to be, that's a, that's a heavy shot. Yeah, you're really asking for it. You want to be punished yeah. on yeah. set. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you could star in a biopic though that's still possible yeah Ooh, Ooh, nice. why don't you make the biopic and then star yeah. in it yeah. who would you All be right. you could Stanley play Kubrick. quite a few of those um, play Kubrick girls transformative role absolutely Dom no glass ceilings here are there quite right <laughs> quite right <laughs> there we this go this is Kubrick <laughs> this is Mr. No, Mr. Kubrick starring Tori Butler Hart uh, anyone else uh, Toby I mean the Films I love, I don't like. I'm happy that I wasn't involved with because I was able to like <laughs> mm. see enjoy it as an audience, enjoy as, yeah. it exactly as an audience member, right? And not see the shit that happened actually on set. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, films like um, The Great Gatsby by Baz Luhrmann mm. or mm. Um, Hereditary by Ari Aster. So like. I and wouldn't even be able to make them better. No, I, I agree with you. That's what I say. I'm, 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 I'm trying to rack my brains. Like, obviously, yeah, like, I'd love hard. to pop my name on like, yeah, I, 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 w I wish I did E.T., but then that's really yeah. E.T. There's no yeah. way yeah. Tosser could do that. But like, you know, it's all those films being like, how did they get their money for this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I wish I could think of a title now just to mm. put my foot in it. But like, you know, films that you go like, where did it where did it kind of go wrong and that's horrible to say because no one sets out to make a bad film no, so there's all no this one. stuff Especially that us. goes yeah. on behind the scenes when they adapt like a really really treasured book and then yeah. they just make it like really commercial mm. they lose everything mm. about what it was and, and I'm not yeah. going to say what it is but there are quite a few kicking around yeah. strange mm. and not bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd remake the deck because <laughs> then I could talk about it. I could have a successful podcast and because I could talk about it for five years. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. That's very kind of you to say. Let's let's move on to our second listener question. Shall Hang we? on, I'd also remake Living in Crime Alley. That's for okay. Rob. No, I wouldn't. Because oh, that's Rob's. Yeah. Little plug for yeah, Rob's film. For Rob's amazing Batman fan film, by the way. <laughs> oh, yes, not, of course, that's his Batman yes. one. Yeah. So, hi, that, Rob. Uh, check out Phil's first, the Star Wars Origins, which is incredible. Yeah I'd, uh, yeah, I'd remake his film and make it Star Wars and put it in the desert. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, check it out. It's great. No, it's really good. Uh, brilliant. Um, this is a question from uh, Taslima Kola. We've kind of answered this, but I want to shout you out. She said, uh, what is your process to filming a project? Well, we've kind of touched on that in terms of what we do. Um, but if anyone's got a one-line answer, what's our process? I mean, prep for me. I mean, that's my other one. It's the process of, you know, filmmaking. It's, it's such a big question. I feel like we've answered that quite a bit. So unless someone's got anything want to jump in, but I wanted to shout you out because we have answered that within that. What I also find always interesting is to pitch it to someone mm. um, and pitch it to different people and hear and see their reactions to it yeah. and their unique perspectives on 
what you have been working on or what you're currently developing is very interesting and brings and, and broadens your horizon often. Yeah, but I then think. ignore them and do what the fuck you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is very, very true. No, I'm joking. That is very I'm true. Joking. Like you never, and it can be the most unlikely people that you pitch it to, you know, as in like literally in conversation. Oh, what are you working yeah, on? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm working on this. Da, 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 yeah. da. Oh, right. Is there a love story in it? Uh, oh, no, there isn't. Oh, that's a really good, oh, shit, I hadn't even thought about that. You, you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah, you should always pitch your films. I think I think it's really important. People are scared of doing it, but I think the, it's like you're telling it down the pub for a pitch. For it, someone will tell you if it's shit straight away. It's so the mm. more you can pitch it, and it also it also helps you know the film because like the yes. hardest thing to write yeah, yeah, about yeah, film yeah. is the synopsis. I hate writing synopsis. I avoid them like the plague. But actually, because it really solidifies what the film is actually about for you. So like that's when even worse said, the logline. Uh, the logline, yeah. No. It's just yeah. like if you can write your own logline before you go in, <laughs> then it really helps. I think it really helps. So, yeah. so the more you can practice that by telling your mates, telling anyone in the pub, telling someone in the beautiful hotel that you're staying at in Spain right now, uh, <laughs> then, then you do that because actually, why not? You've got nothing to lose. Room service. Sick. I've got a story for story you. Not you again. Go away, John. It's about a hotel. He comes into the room and uh, swims naked across the floor. John, what was the question? For, can you repeat the question? I, I might have a, a, a tip. What was your process to filming process. a project by Taslima Kola? Ah, uh, I got, a th yeah, so, okay, this is relevant. I got, so I have a technique, so if I haven't written it, which is often, again, with like, mm -hmm. I had a, 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 a commercial series recently, which was quite, it was like basically four short films. Yeah. And they were brilliant. I saw them. They were very, very Thanks, good. Thanks, buddy. Gave Thank some you. feedback, didn't I? You did, actually. Well, I was staring dreamily. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I missed it. I missed it. Tom. What was that? Tobias is staring dreamily when you mentioned short films. You need Tobias that. alone. Yeah, leave him alone. Everyone, we can't help it. The bullies are back. Fire is back to his old tricks. No, very quickly. So, my this is important. Trying to help uh, our listener. Finally, um, we're trying to be funny here, Christian. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this is an entertainment podcast, for God's sake. <laughs> no need for this. Hot, this is not very good now, anyway. But anyway, no. So basically, um, five scripts, five uh, four scripts, five minutes each. Got to learn it all quite quickly to jump into a meeting where, you, as you've been picked as the director, you people will expect you to know these scripts very, 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 very quickly. But uh, my technique for doing that, I don't know if it works for everybody, but I, I uh, and obviously it's usually in a PDF or something or in a Word doc or some such. So I'll just write it out and I'll put it up on screen and I'll just write it uh, freehand. And the process of writing it out and, and maybe adding a few, you know, a bit of flair or maybe I'll add a shot or two as I go. But although it might take me about, you know, an hour, two hours, three hours to do that, it solidifies it all in my brain. So when I go to those meetings, I instantly have recall on a scripts or four scripts I haven't written but it's very it's, it's the quickest thing I found I can do to learn the scripts it's mm. how I learn lines as well oh really oh yeah. okay yeah I write them out mm. yeah ah. I like learning it as well yeah the more you can learn about like learn it almost as a script when you're pitching as well and then free will with it it's kind of it's, interestingly how I started the podcast we I often would read 
like what I was trying to say or articulate. And after I was like, no, no, this ain't working. You've got to put it in your own voice. And it's exactly the same with, you know, when you're pitching anything, it has to come from the heart. And you can always tell when someone's passionate about a project. You know what I mean? They say, pitch me three and you pitch them. They go, well, you want to do that one, don't you? And you can't help it. It comes out of you. So as long as it comes out of you, that's what investors, studios, producers look for is that passion. It really is. It's the passion because then you, they believe in that you're going to make a passionate film. You can't just say it. No one gives a shit. It's passion. I think it's huge. I think one thing I really learned is just that I started a dialogue with all my actors really early. So I would talk to them a lot. And that was something that on shorts or, you know, music videos, commercials, you don't really get to do because, you know, it's kind of like almost the first time, you know, you meet them on a commercial. And anyway, like it's kind of like on the day you're shooting. So I think just getting to like build that relationship. So I just call them to talk to them ask them about their life. They're like, what are they doing? What they send them stuff to read or look at or kind of just open a dialogue so that then when we were on set, I feel like we with all the actors, we had a lovely relationship where, you know, they felt like they could be honest with me. So if they did feel like I don't really feel like this is right, then we could talk about it in a way that like nobody felt like they were kind of stepping on anyone's toes. And, and it was a really nice kind of open relationship where we could kind of just say like, oh yeah, no, I think this, or no, I see what you're doing here. Okay, that makes sense. This was a snippet from episode 274 with writer-director Kate Dolan. All right, another question. Uh, this is from Dave Jones. He asks, who, who inspires you in the industry or just in life? If none of you say me, I knew, I knew, I knew. Rudolph, Rudolph. Dave Jones slash Giles Alderson. <laughs> How much do, you, do I inspire you? Yes. <laughs> On a scale of one to, of 10 to 10. I, I, I do, I think it's what I touched on earlier uh, at the start of this, if you stop it, out, doubt, is that like I'm inspired by all you guys. Cue the I know. I no, I genuinely mean that because it's 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 it. There's there's some filmmakers out there. Yeah, you go and watch a film that like are huge, and you watch the film, you're like, okay, I'm just gonna quit because I can never make that movie. (laughs) You know, and then you know, and then you watch your peers' films or people working on stuff, and you hear their stories, and you're like, that's inspiring because it's kind of almost actionable, you know, stuff. You know, so that's why I love being on the podcast and in our various WhatsApp groups and (laughs) things when we're all sharing stuff. What do you what what, wait? What what do you mean WhatsApp groups? (laughs) No, 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 different different. No, no, the one that the one we don't we talk about you in it. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a massive Danny Boyle fan. Always have been. It's a huge inspiration for me in terms of what he's done. But the amount of amazing indie filmmakers that have come on this podcast, all of them, the fact that they've you know made an indie film is hugely inspiring. Yeah. It's so hard yeah. to do. So anyone who's done it, huge congrats. If you're about to do it, listen, fucking go for it, man. It's huge, huge kudos to you, Dom. Who inspires you? For me, it's people that. I mean, obviously every... People that swim naked in Hampstead Heath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, I'm, I'm, there's a hell of a lot of, of filmmakers that have come over amazing challenges. But I kind of always look up to the people that have got to the very top of the industry and they've remained humble and they're there to help other people come up. Because I, I think you have to be that person as well for people that are starting out, making their first shorts, making their first feature 
you know, it, it's it's a sort of an, an attitude that needs to to filter down. And it, and I I really respect when people have had extreme success and they don't sort of shut the door. Mm. Um, and and I think that's the kind of thing that that helps people progress through the industry. And I think it's vital for us indie filmmakers to move to where we want to go. Um, and for people starting out as well. Beautiful, beautiful, Tory. My husband Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't even need a cue for an R. No, it just <laughs> naturally came. Matthew, who do you choose? <laughs> what, Matthew, I mean, I was about uh, Tory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, originally, originally, I was going to do a much less eloquent version of what Dom said, but I'm now going to choose Tory instead. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. It has to. No, but yeah, it's, it's anyone doing this, to be honest, isn't it? You know, and, and not being a wanker. Mm. Literally that simple. Nice have people. A, have a go yeah. and nice, be nice about nice it. Nice people. <laughs> yeah, nice people. Yeah. I, it's it's going to be a bit cheese, but it's true. So, but it is probably my, having uh, my family, so my, uh, yeah. my immediate family, wife, mm-hmm. kid, um, they have names, but for this purpose, for this purpose we'll, we'll, this we'll call done. them wife and kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like he does at home. <laughs> human one, a human two, I call them. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep the distance. Keep, keep the, uh, like, you try, yeah. keep it professional. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we have meetings. And, um, no, but I think having like that little, the, my, my bubble and, it, it encourages me to uh, go out in the world and make stuff happen. And, and and through, weirdly, through knowing I have bills to pay, which is, I know it's a really stupid thing to say, but sometimes I'm like, it, having that a, a, a thing to support forces me to sit at my desk and make shit happen. Mm-hmm. And the shit I make happen, I love. You know, when I'm out there doing it, I love it so much. So one thing feeds the other, feeds the other. So probably, and I think coming home from a really good down set and then seeing those guys, it's all a big self-fulfilling bubble of uh yeah but i think those guys are the thing that pushes me out there to to make Hmm. stuff to keep building whatever it is i'm building beautiful beautiful so mark pikes asks is if you weren't in the film and tv industry what would you be doing instead quickly round the group let's just do that one uh i'd be a footballer i'd be playing for liverpool right now (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they could they well, could do with some help at the moment. They can afford no, me. Fan. Oh, so they okay. can afford me, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's really Baker. Hard. Baker. You'd be a baker. Yeah. Can you bake? Yes, my new. Yeah, it's my new. It's my lockdown skill. Is the cliche and learn how to bake, and now I'm a little you bit obsessed with it. You could be a cliche then as well. Yeah, you could so, be a cliche maker. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to be a cooper. You know, the people who make barrels for whiskey. I don't know why, but ever wow. since I was about ten, it's very specific. Yeah. Very, it's very specific. specific. I, no, no, no. My, my mum used to we take us to all the the whiskey distilleries in Scotland. That was our holiday, and I just I got a bit obsessed. I guess it's working with wood and stuff. I don't know. Wow. And they're all smashed because of the whiskey. Ah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Toby, oh, you'd be a short film. All right, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a filmmaker. I'd be a <laughs> Be a grown-up film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I have so much respect for short films. Yeah. I talk about And also... <laughs> no. Who's <laughs> your defending type? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that'd be... Because uh, <laughs> Tobias originally turned down Stranger in their bed as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I'd go to politics. Would you? Oh, right. Yeah. I'd be an activist. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. I believe yeah. that. I buy that. Yeah. 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 Oh, especially with that look as well. Okay. That look was very serious. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, I was like, okay, I, I believe you. Politician. <laughs> politician. Oh, if they make made up jobs, then I'll be a Jedi. <laughs> 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 like Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'd be a spaceship pilot. <laughs> I'd be a beetroot grower. Yes. <laughs> I like it. A dom? You'd be a swimmer. Uh, yes. Yeah, no. Um my, my wanker's answer would be that if if if, if there's an alternative. <laughs> That's what I went with. A professional one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Can I speak? Can I speak? Don't cut this out, yeah. Toby. <laughs> if, if there's any alternative to filmmaking, then you shouldn't be a filmmaker. That's that's oh. that's the main oh, oh, nice. oh, oh, thing. It it's true, though. <laughs> if not, I would be a cook. A cook or debate, something like that, probably. Yeah. yeah, you'd make a good debater, a master debater. Very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, still on the, the wanking jokes. Outland, age, whatever. A number. CJ, you'd be a surfer. I was going to say uh, so. Yeah. Fact, do you know what? I was, I was going through everybody else, and uh, I was trying to still rack my brains for what I would. Uh, answer but yeah do you know what you've thanks Giles yeah maybe I'll just surf I'll be like a free surfer one that you just get paid to go in the world and uh, you know I'd be like a Lana Blanchard though I'd wear like bikinis and show off a bit of butt cheek or something and hold a surfboard on a, on a <laughs> yeah I feel like you've already done that by the way that you did it so accurately uh, yeah. <laughs> final question is from <laughs> Kelly uh, she asks if we could change one thing about the industry what would it be Matthew Oh, oh, Jesus! Uh, a proper structure for funding. Very, very yes. simple. As yeah. in, you know, as in, like, okay, it's, yeah, no, that's it, that's it. It might be happening. If so you could change, is... mm, yes, I was just. Mm. Yes. So mm. there is some news coming up soon. We'd <laughs> love to share it, but we've got yeah, yeah. There's some news with the whole things might be changing in the UK film industry coming up, which really might help indie filmmakers. Well, filmmakers in general. Uh, it's not my news to share, um, but yeah, from the inside track, someone who is massively involved with it at the moment. Mm. And there's a big shake-up, isn't big there? Shake up is, yeah, big shake-up happening, and it's literally... A, Why am I genuinely excited right now? If like, you but please like this. Don't take my soapbox away from me. I've <laughs> <laughs> got nothing else to rant about. Down with the BFI. Down with the BFI. Um, so yes, that could be interesting. So that, uh, Christian, for you, what do you want to change about the industry? Yeah, like <laughs> it would just be... <laughs> I wish I had more time... Uh, no, I, no, it's the it's the it's development. I don't, I I just think um, that development process, that whole chicken and eggness of, uh, and we've all have talked about this on the podcast much. Um, but yeah, it's the it's just that weird kind of like uh, you know, oh, you've got Danny Dyer, great, you've got a movie, but like it's almost like the idea of the script comes second, you know. Yeah, no, not now. I'm going back to when it was, it was apex of you know, it was yeah. almost like if you had. Um, there was that time, wasn't yes, there? Yes, there was. The, the, 10, 12 years ago. If you had Danny Dye, you got a million, yeah. you know, you could make your film, sell it on DVD, and it made two million, you know. It was, mm. it was, it was a real When Revolver, business. those guys were all around, it was just like, if you got this, you got that, you got that, you had a film. It's like, really? Yeah. It? And it's like, so... I mean, I know that's not a thing anymore, but I don't think I think that's gone away. But nothing's replaced it. I think there's I don't know what's there's no mechanism. I think I think there's not there's not enough support for filmmakers coming through. They, the BFI do do this kind of second like support type thing, but you know someone can win. You know, uh, Rain Dance they can win Biffa, but there's then. So what with their first film? There's this gap. There's this kind of like, well, you've already won. And they kind of see it as a, the industry kind of sees it. Well, you've already succeeded. You've already made your first. Good luck with your next one. But actually, a lot of those people didn't raise the money necessarily. They might not have written the script. And it's really, really hard to then go, 
oh my god how do i <gasps> so what my first film was reasonably reasonably successful how do i get the next one yeah, i think it's something something crazy like five percent of british filmmakers ever make three films in their life and correct. that has yeah. got to change yeah correct thanks Charles. yeah i mean that's there's got to be some other way better way of structuring this mm. you know mm. but if it changes it takes it away from my achievements so, so. <laughs> that's the problem well, uh, all of our achievements <laughs> 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 change my yeah. tattoo yeah, yeah. my team christian <laughs> yes exactly so yeah i don't anyone else got any thoughts on that i mean just more more universal funding opportunities for filmmakers i mean bring back scis to be more of a yes. useful thing yes i mean that helps definitely massively yeah more tax incentives yeah, yeah. well it was because yeah. of filmmakers ruining it for other people actually and, and yeah well yeah and manipulating that system of scis and eis and then just redoing a new company pretending it had gone bankrupt and well it had gone bankrupt in their eyes and not paying and that ruined it because the government went well we're not doing this anymore hence why you've got to do three films and you've got to set the whole structure and your company which is a good thing it helps filmmakers but a lot of filmmakers are not business-minded so but we have to be you know we've learned over our time the last 15 20 years of filmmakers how to do that and it's really hard i don't know, i feel like it's gaslighting letting us take the hit for you corporate wheel giles <laughs> there are other ways to structure it where you know you can prove that yes you are legit and you are making the film throughout the process you know anyone that's actually doing it can do that so i think it was sort of I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think it's definitely a conversation yeah. there that needs to be had um, to because, you know, let's face it, there are a lot of people that are high earners and that you know, <laughs> aren't aren't paying taxes that yeah, actually let them, let that not pay taxes could but help be paid elsewhere yeah. Yeah. put it into the right places that's what we yeah. want let's do that now anyone listening put it, your money into the right place and help indie filmmakers and help filmmakers get the next films made Someone starting out, an actor starting out, can practice and rehearse and discover how to act for the camera by simply putting up their iPhone and acting to it. Mm -hmm. Totally yeah. agree. You Absolutely. Do I mean, anyone can make a film. Yes. We used to say, oh, it's so much easier putting on a play than making a movie because you've got, you've got to find where you're going to do it and so on. But no, actually, it's the opposite. You can make a film for nothing. Yeah. Mm. It will cost you nothing. And if you want to become better at acting for the camera, set up the camera and act and have a look at it. Get somebody else to look at it. Now, how the, that transfers it into a, a paying job is another matter. But um, I don't think we can, as artists, sit around waiting for the offers. Mm -hmm. you've, you've got to get ready. This last snippet was from our episode 262 with actor Sir Ian McKellen. Thank you. This has been absolutely brilliant. I've really loved this. Um, it, we've recorded for two hours. I imagine the episode might not be. Toby might put it out. It's up to him now. Just put in his words. Everyone else is cut out. Toby already yeah. looks bored, so I think it's not going to be this long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that could be eight shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, you guys, for joining. Thank you so much for listening to over 300 episodes. Uh, I know some of you I got asked the other day who'd listened to many. Um, I think Chloe said she listened to 70%. I think there's others who've listened to that many. It's, it's a huge amount. Is there a prize if you've listened to all of them? Yes, oh, yeah. but we can't prove it, can we? Yeah, we can <laughs> do a really <laughs> extensive quiz. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <good>. yeah. <laughs> 
just wait for Christmas. It's happening. If you want it, you get to be a host. You get to be a host. Wow. And we could all give them a DVD of one of our films. They're still making money though, Charles. Yeah, see? No, yeah, 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 yeah DVDs yeah. are still making still money. Yeah. Dom's disappeared on us. And on that note, thank you so much to our panel. Let's give it up. Calling them our panel. They're not. They're amazing hosts. They've given up their time for free, not just on this this episode, but so many before that. Let's give it up for Prima host Dom Lemoir. Punmeister. Christian James. Yay! Oh, what? Yay! Yay! I what happened there? Listen, if you are going out there to make your film, make it happen. Believe in yourself. I hope you've learned something from this. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it's your duty to send, send the, the elevator, elevator, elevator back down. 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 We'll see you next Tuesday, as always, where we have a very special guest for you. Uh, look forward to that. Take care, everyone. Go make your films. Make it happen. We'll look forward to the next 300 episodes, um, maybe, if we get that far. Until then, bye-bye. Adios. Bye. 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 We've all done that when I say uh, this is uh, to film this podcast. We talk, Mulogo filmmaking, uh, or we could try and do it at the same time. Whatever you feel like doing for this intro bit, if you can remember shit and throw it in, it'd be fun. Uh, and then we'll just. I skip in. that bit now, though. That's the problem. I'm like, yeah, I've heard it. Skip it. I never remember it. Jars was spending about half an hour on the last one trying to all do a, a word or two for it. We recorded one the other day with CJ and you totally forgot the whole thing. You're like, I, I, said, uh, I have no idea. No fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a bad way. I've heard it so many times. I just kind of like, you know, I'm sort of, you know, I'm just getting the vibe and then, you know, I'm feeling it. Don't expect just to. <laughs> when he's are in, leave them there. Yeah, yeah it's I, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I think true. we can all agree. We 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 all skip to the bit in the podcast where we start, where we come in. Yeah, that's yeah. I I don't listen to the interviews. I listen to the start to find out whether the dare's coming out or not, and then I stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's Giles promoting this week? <laughs> so is that? Oh, no, no, that's me. No, he's not mentioned it. Oh, he has. Yeah, drink. It's brilliant. No, but fair play to you. Fair play. We hope you liked today's episode. If you want to hear more, visit our Patreon for bonus clips and exclusive content.